Alyssa O'Shea here. I'm a wife and mom of two littles, and this is the Be Your Strong podcast, where I'm going to share how to become the strongest version of you physically, mentally, financially, and more, so you can live a life full of passion and happiness, all while keeping it real. Thank you so much for hopping on. Are you ready? Let's do this. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about stress. It's a big topic, but we're going to dive into stress, and in particular, is stress making you sick? I'm also going to give you four areas that you can work on to reduce your stress and hopefully start living a more stress-free life. Now, this topic is one that I have a really strong personal connection to because for years, I was extremely stressed. I was dealing with chronic stress and chronic illness. Obviously, I can't pinpoint when everything started, but a huge turning point for me was when in my second year of university, I decided to quit varsity soccer. I had played competitive soccer for about 16 years of my life. And at that point in time, I realized, you know what, I am not going to be a pro soccer player. If I was, I wouldn't make enough money to survive anyway. So I had to quit soccer, focus on school, get a job, make some money. What I didn't realize at the time, because I remember I was in second year of university, was that soccer was a huge part of my life. It was basically my identity for so many years. I played soccer five to seven days a week. Most of my relationships, my close relationships were with people that I played soccer with. I didn't have siblings, so my teammates were my siblings. When I quit soccer, it was basically like leaving everything I knew behind and changing everything in my life. One of the things I also didn't continue when I quit soccer was any kind of physical activity. I basically went from training five days a week to nothing. And I struggled with for eight years in getting back into a healthy, active routine. Throw on top of that, I again, I was in university. So I had a crazy heavy schedule doing a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. I had about 30 hours of class time and then some labs on top of that. I was totally packed up, but being the overachiever and the person who likes to put too much on their plate, I ended up working not just one part-time job, but two. So I was basically in school for 30 to 40 hours a week, working 35 to 40 hours a week in total, add on top of that time to study at night, very minimal sleep, poor eating habits, and way too much drinking. And I'm not talking drinking water here, guys. And so I was basically overloading myself. I had a lot of stress from, obviously from school, from the pressure of good grades, from not having enough time to study, not getting the grades that I wanted because I didn't have enough time to study, the fear of, oh my gosh, my life is over if I don't get a certain grade, Um, stress from that, the emotional stress that I didn't realize at the time for losing a community, for losing a family, stress of my environment, what I was putting into my body, I was basically overloading with stress. And I just started getting sick nonstop. For a good six years of my life, I was sick every single month, whether it was allergies, a cold, a flu, something hit me every single month. And on special months, I caught something worse. I was literally a medical science project. I would catch all these weird viruses that no one had ever heard of, that you would Google, and there was very little information on. I would even go to five different hospitals, five different doctors, see tons of specialists, and no one ever had any answers for me. 
I remember there was this one time after waiting eight hours in the emergency room that I finally got in and a doctor came in and couldn't figure out what the heck was going on with my legs. My legs were swollen with lumps, massive lumps on both my calves. They looked like bruises. They looked red. They felt warm. They felt infected. It was disgusting. All this pressure, all this inflammation made it really hard for me to stand. It was quite painful. I have a high pain tolerance, but it was quite painful. The doctor that I first saw had never seen it before, so he called another doctor in. This doctor had seen it once before in his career, and so he decided, you know what, let's bring in all the student doctors. And they asked me, obviously they could, but they brought in all the student doctors to come have a look because who knows if they'll see this again. It's great exposure for them. It was that point in time where I literally was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I had, I had dreams that when I was younger of being a medical student and I kind of gave up on that in my third year of university. Uh, but I, I respected and I wanted them to be able to learn. And talk. But then I felt like, well, why the heck am I this science project? Why me? I was a competitive soccer player. For 16 years, I was fit. Everyone thought I was the epitome of health. And yet nonstop, I was getting sick with one random thing after another. I would get strep throat five times a year. I even got it in the summertime. When I was backpacking in Europe, I got tonsillitis. Literally one thing after another. I was on medication for acid reflux for about three to four years before I decided I was not going to take the same drugs as my 60-year-old soccer coach. But one of the most frustrating things for me was the fact that people couldn't figure out why I was getting sick all the time. Oftentimes when I would be sick with something, they would test me for everything. It looked like I had mono, so they would test me for mono. They tested me for so many things, and everything came out fine. Each time all my blood work came back okay, they said I was healthy. Obviously, I wasn't healthy. Again, I had a lot of viruses going on in my system. I had a lot of illnesses, and but obviously, I wasn't healthy. My body was falling apart. It started in my early 20s until my late 20s. But the thing that frustrated me the most was that no one could give me any solid answers. Every time they would test me for something, it would come back. I was okay. I was healthy. They didn't understand why, so they'd run more tests, but everything came back okay. So it became really frustrating because if you're looking to get better and if you're looking to prevent illness, you start thinking about, okay, well, I need to know what's going on in order to heal myself. And no one could give me any answers. My biggest wake-up call when it came to my health, when it came to really trying to figure out what was going on, was when I first experienced numbness in my body. One day when I was at my desk job, I left my desk to go to the bathroom, and afterwards I washed my hands. Well, I attempted to. I was unable to use my left hand. I tried moving it, it was numb, and I was struggling just to be able to wash my hands. Obviously, I started to freak out. Try to keep my cool because I'm at work, but I started kind of panicking, like, what's going on here? So I went and called our telehealth system, and they basically thought I was having a stroke. And then they kind of like stopped panicking so much. They asked if I could get my way to the hospital immediately. Here I am at work. I commute to work on a bus. I don't even know what bus to take to go to the hospital. And my arm is going numb. It started in my hand and it was climbing up my arm. I didn't even know if I could make it to the hospital, let alone know how to get there. It was in that moment that the nurse on the other line said, Okay, do I have your consent to call you an ambulance? 
Here I am in my mid-twenties, getting an ambulance call to my work. It was probably one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever been to, which seems really silly now, but no one wants to be that person. They brought a stretcher for me and everything, but obviously I was I could walk, my legs weren't affected yet, it was just my arm. So I was transported from, from my work in an ambulance to a hospital, and that began three years of screenings for MS. When I got to the hospital, they tested me for a bunch of things. But again, scans were coming back okay. They then decided, you know what, we need to do a little bit more intensive scans, we're gonna send you for an MRI. I saw my first neurologist post-MRI and he wasn't really able to give me any concrete information. He tested me out and he said, you know what, everything seems okay. I'm going to check with another neurologist. So I contacted my mom's neurologist and booked an appointment with him. We talked over all of my symptoms, things I've been experiencing, and the more I read into a mess, the more I started panicking because so many of the symptoms I'd experienced in my life that I didn't even know. I didn't realize at the time I was so ignorant to what was going on in my body. I was not paying attention because I was busy. I had other things. It did not matter. I was young. I was healthy. So I thought it's really hard for me to talk about it still to this day because sadly, I lost my aunt to a mess. Here I was in my mid-20s, sitting in a neurologist's office, wondering if this was going to be my diagnosis, what my prognosis would be, and if that was going to be my life. I wanted to have kids. I knew I probably wouldn't have pursued having kids if I was diagnosed with MS. I obviously, I didn't know much about it. People with MS can live a happy life. I've seen it through social media. Unfortunately for my aunt, she progressed very quickly and passed away in her early 50s. But I just remember thinking to myself, is this my life? After three years of screening for MS and many other illnesses, many other autoimmune disorders that mimic symptoms of MS because... The way it worked is I had MS symptoms, but they weren't characteristic of MS. But having clear MRIs for three years in a row was showing the neurologist that my brain chemistry was not changing despite the symptoms still being present, which was great news for MS. We tested me for a whole other bunch of autoimmune disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, anything that could possibly mimic the MS symptoms. At the end of the day, everything came back clean. And I thought to myself, I was like, this is, this is good news, right? This is great news. But I had no diagnosis and shit kept going. Symptoms kept happening. I was still sick every single month. And again, it was just like, how is this my life? That was my rock bottom. That was when I knew I needed to make change. Change doesn't happen overnight, but within my first month of positive change, I'm going to share with you guys what I did to, to start implementing change in my life. But in that first month, I started feeling better already. It was the first month in six years that I wasn't sick. Another month passed, I wasn't sick. Another month passed, I wasn't sick. I couldn't believe how crazy it was that I went from being sick every single month, from struggling so much with my health, from not having answers, to all of a sudden feeling strong, feeling healthy, feeling a sense of vitality. I started seeing a naturopath at the very beginning of my journey because I wanted someone to help maybe give me some more answers. I don't like not having the answer and I want to know and I want to understand. And so I started seeing a naturopath and she was able to answer a lot of questions. So guys, in my future podcast, I will definitely touch on some of the specific things that have really helped me on my journey. Feel free to reach out to me in the meantime. But it's been crazy in my journey how many women that I have connected with that have gone through similar things. And here I was thinking in all this time that I was alone. But there were a lot of people 
that go through what I went through, which is why I'm sharing my story. And I'm sorry I got so emotional, but it's it's hard to talk about because at that point in my in time, I was like, I thought that the life I've always dreamed of might never happen. And that scared me so much. We know that stress is the biggest killer. When your mind and your body is under stress, it stops you from being able to function properly. It compromises your immune system. The fact that I was getting sick every single month, my immune system was failing. It was actually working so hard because of the, the chronic stress that I had that I overactivated my immune system. And that can lead to autoimmune disease. And it can actually manifest illness. And at the end of the day, I don't have a firm diagnosis. But once I manage the stress in my life, my illnesses disappeared. Is that going to be everybody's story? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but guys, I've seen several doctors, and none were able to give me any diagnosis for as to why this was happening to me. They could diagnose some of the illnesses that I had, some of the viruses that I caught, some of them they couldn't, but and my body would heal. My body healed in its own time. It healed with medication. I've taken a lot of antibiotics in my life, which I hate now, especially that I'm learning more and more about gut health, but no one could give me firm answers as to why I was so unhappy, like un not unhappy, but unhealthy. I was unhappy too because I was so unhealthy, but they can't help me figure out why I was so unhealthy and what was going on. And so it really became on me to just keep focusing on myself and doing what I could. And now does this mean it's going to help and get rid of all the things that you might be dealing with or help with your illnesses? No, but at the end of the day, if you reduce your stress, you're going to live a less stress-free life you're probably going to be a lot happier because stress doesn't make you happy. There's obviously a good level of stress, and we know that a small amount of stress and certain kind of stress is good for you, and it helps you do things and accomplish things, and it's good for sports and stuff like that. But chronic stress on your body is very detrimental. And we live in a day where we are constantly exposing ourselves to stress. And so I want to share with you guys four areas that you can work on to help relieve the stress. So the four areas I'm going to talk about are, one, your diet, your environment, your physical activity, and your personal growth. These are all things that I've personally worked on, um, that I continue to work on every single day, I continue to improve upon, so I can keep improving my vitality and my health. It's not like a one-time thing. I strongly believe it's an ongoing thing, and I personally want to strive for optimal health. But it doesn't mean you have to go all in, so I'll share with you guys some of the things that I've done so that you can start making some healthy changes yourself. So when it comes to your diet, eating a healthy, balanced diet is key. There are a lot of fads out there. There are a lot of different types of diets. Again, not a medical doctor. And research on a lot of diets, is it changes all the time. I know it is overwhelming when you start Googling different types of diets because there's so much information out there and so many different sources that are not necessarily reliable and you don't know if they're reliable. But there's a lot of information out there. It becomes information overload. But trying just to cut back on the amount of processed food that you eat will help reduce the amount of chemicals that you're taking into your body. We know processed food has chemicals. And I'm not talking about like there, there are some healthier processed foods, but a lot of the processed foods have chemicals. Read the ingredient list. There's a reason why eating whole foods, like your vegetables, like your fruits, minimally processed grains, <laughs> and those kind of things and are, are good for you. Because they don't have all the added chemicals, the processing, the stress, the toxins that come with all of that. 
And two, oftentimes in processed food, the nutritional value is lower. Now, there are things like grains and milks that are fortified with vitamins and nutrients. So sometimes the level of processing is beneficial. But for the most part, try to whole foods and try to minimize the amount of processed foods, artificial chemicals, artificial flavors that you're ingesting in your body. I know it sounds silly, but it can make a huge difference. Food is fuel. It's what your body uses to survive to fight illness, to help your body cope with stress. If you don't fuel your body properly, you're minimizing its ability to function. Now, personally, for myself, I had already made a switch to lean eating, which basically meant that 80% of the time I was eating real food, whole food, minimally processed food, and then 20% of the time I was more flexible and I would eat some of the junk and some of my favorite things that weren't necessarily very clean. But I did that for a couple years and my body was still struggling. I had to bring more nutrients, supplements into my life to help my body get back to an equilibrium. I could talk a whole talk on superfoods because it was a game changer for me and it gave me what a, a lot of amazing nutrients to help my body's natural systems, to help my stress response, to help my immune system kick back in because it was lacking so much by all the damage that I had done to it. The other thing is your environment. Now when I got pregnant with my first son, I got him to turn pretty granola and was super paranoid about chemical exposure around me, but it also started making me feel healthier and and lead a healthier life. I started changing some of the home care products that we use to go for more natural cleaning products. I started changing some of the personal care products like shampoos and stuff to more natural ones. Again, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but it is one thing that you can improve upon to reduce your chemical exposure. There's chemicals everywhere. We live in a consumer world. Every single thing around us has chemical exposure. So just think, today's day and age, no wonder why we are so freaking stressed because the chemicals are everywhere. So obviously, cutting back, trying to have more natural products in your life will make an improvement. The other thing with your environment, it's not just about the chemicals and the products around you, but sometimes the toxic people around you as well. And that can kind of be hard to say. But not everyone is in a positive mindset. Not everybody is happy in their day-to-day life. And the more you surround yourself by negativity or by people that have negative mindsets or are unfortunately in a toxic place, that does have an impact on your mental well-being. So sometimes you want to just surround yourself by people that are more positive, by people that lift you up, by people that empower you, especially that empower you to make positive change in your life, because that's going to have a huge impact on you. Your physical activity. It is no secret that working out helps reduce your stress. It creates happy chemicals, those happy mood boosters called endorphins that are going to create happy signals in your body and in your mind. It's also a form of active meditation. As you're working out, your body and your mind is working so hard on the movements that you're doing that all the noise around you, all the stress is minimized. It's kind of hard to be on the soccer field and to be focused on scoring a goal and think about like that stressful exam and stuff like that at the same time. It doesn't work that way. So it's an active form of meditation. It also improves your mood by improving your self-confidence. Whether you're losing a ton of weight or even if you're just feeling stronger because you're physically active, that boosts your confidence. And boosting your confidence boosts your mood. If you have poor confidence, you're not going to be happy a lot of the time. At least I wasn't. It also improves your sleep. And we know that sleep has a huge effect on the human body, on our ability to cope, on our body's ability to self-regulate and heal. So if you're constantly stressed, it's going to impact your sleep. It's going to create insomnia. You're going to have nights that aren't restful. So by getting physically active, 
It's another way for you to help improve your sleep, to give your body a chance to get back into a zen and happy zone. The other category is personal growth. Now, this is something that I was not into at first in my business. It's one of the like four vital behaviors that we do. And for the first year of my business, I didn't practice any personal growth. I found it too woohoo. <laughs> I wasn't into all that kind of like self-help stuff because I didn't think I needed it. I was very close-minded to the idea of, of growth, I guess. And I just didn't understand the power that it had, not just to help me in my business, but more so in focusing on like personal growth and mindset, how much of an impact I would have on my whole life. So things like self-help books, different podcasts, um, YouTube videos, there are so many ways for you guys to find free motivation, free inspiration, free areas where you can grow your mindset. Because your mind is a powerful tool. If you can get your mind into the right spot, even when you are under a super stressful situation, if you can learn to cope and deal with that situation, if you can find ways to get through a challenge as opposed to let the challenge overwhelm you, you're going to be in a better state, in a better position, and there's going to be a better chance that you're going to succeed. And when you succeed, you're happier. So you really want to work on that personal growth as well. Keep in mind when you're implementing these things that change doesn't happen overnight. And the other thing too is you don't have to dive into all these changes right away. Try not to overcomplicate it. Oftentimes where I see the most amount of failure or people start and fail, because guys, remember I started and failed for eight years. For eight years, I would try something. I'd last about a week. It was the longest I'd ever last. And I tried a lot of things to get healthy, to get active again, to improve my health and start seeing positive change in my life. And I couldn't stick to anything for the longest time. So sometimes you have to start small. Cold turkey works for some people, but I found that majority of people need to take small steps. Because every time you do a small step, it gives you one thing to focus on. You can put your time and your energy into focusing on that. You can replace that one bad behavior with a healthy behavior. And then once you get consistency with that, you can start incorporating more things, trying new things, making more healthier changes. If you take on too much in one go and you fail in any one of them, you're more likely just to give up on everything. I've seen it happen time and time again with myself, with my customers, with my coaches. And so if you can do a slow and steady approach, that's going to work best for a lot of people. So pick a couple things from the list and start making those healthy changes. If you have a really bad diet, it could just mean like cutting back, say, if you drink soda, several cans of soda every single day, it might just be cutting back on a can, like one can once a day. For me, I was drinking a lot of soda. I cut it out cold turkey. I was able to deal with that. I got headaches though. Because when you start cutting back crazy amounts of sugar, you're going to get headaches. There's going to be a lot of unpleasant symptoms going on as well. Withdrawal symptoms. So sometimes, again, that slow and steady approach is going to be best for most people so that they don't fail. Does this necessarily mean that stress is the answer to what's been making you sick if you've been struggling? Not necessarily. But we do know and more and more studies are being done to evaluate the effects of stress on certain disease, on certain illnesses. Because stress is a huge, huge issue. Personally, one of the most important things when I was going through my journey was realizing that I was in this for the long haul. That I was no longer going to try and give up on something. That this was it. Because the alternative was not good. Guys, I literally felt like my life was coming like to an end because I wouldn't be able to do the things I wanted to in life because of all the illness I was going through. I was fearful of my life in the future that I always wanted. 
And so I knew when committing to a healthier lifestyle that this was it. It was a long-term thing. Would I fail? Yes, I have continued to fail many times. But the only time when you truly fail is when you quit and you give up. So every day I just would strive to make a small change, to move in the right direction. And there are days when I fell back. There are days when I failed and I felt bad about it. I felt guilty. I felt depressed. And so I would reach back out to my community. Sometimes I wallowed in my own pain. But eventually I delved back into my community and I would keep going because I knew I was in this for the long term. Hard days will happen, but it doesn't mean I have to have a hard life. And so I can continue to make positive change. So know that the road is not necessarily always going to be a smooth one. Most likely it's going to be bumpy. Prepare for the fact that it is going to be bumpy. But know that if you're making positive changes in your life and you continue with these changes that over time, sometimes even under a short amount of time, which is my experience, you will start to notice positive changes in your health, positive changes in your well-being, positive changes in your mindset. And that is something that is so reassuring and so exciting that it gives you the desire and the joy to keep going, which is why I want to keep seeking optimal health because I love how much vitality I feel now. And I still know there's a lot of areas that I can improve upon. So just imagine how much better I can feel if I keep improving every single day and I keep focusing on me and being the strongest version of myself. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Make sure to share today's episode and hit the subscribe button on my Be Your Strong podcast. Now for day-to-day antics, go follow me on Instagram at melissaoshea.fit and we will see you next time.